Last week, we began a five-part sermon series on the Holy Spirit titled, Knowing the Holy Spirit. And we focused last week on the Holy Spirit as the spirit of glory. You guys remember that? Uh, the third person of the Trinity works to bring glory to God the Father and the Son. Today, we're going to look at the Holy Spirit as the spirit of recreation. And I think we'll be challenged that when that, that we're going to see that unless the Holy Spirit recreates you, you will never come to know and delight in Christ. God must do this work in us. We are in John chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. Sorry, I had my place marked, and then I, the mark just fell right out. <clears throat> All right. Here we go. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If we had have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if we tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. This is the word of God. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God will stand forever. If we want to know God, if we want to know his will, if we want to know his way, then we must know his word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have given inspiration to these very words that we have read. These are the words you want in scripture for us to understand you better, especially you, the Holy Spirit. We praise you for your work in creation and your work of recreation. Help us to receive these difficult teachings with joy and delight that we may flourish as your people, we pray. Amen. Well, do you all remember back in 2009 when the television station switched over from analog uh, broadcast to digital broadcast? There was this time when, um, that if you owned a TV, uh, it became obsolete. 
perhaps you were like me and you have one of those nice big Sony televisions, the big thick ones, right? Uh, and you had to get rid of it. Apparently, the broadcast protocols for television had been established back in the 1940s and the 1950s and really hadn't been updated since then. By 2009, it was clear that it was time for a rebirth of broadcast television. Now, I had a friend who wasn't much of a TV watcher, uh, but then back in 2010, the Winter Olympics came out, and he tried to watch it on his old television. No luck. Maybe you experienced something like that, too. In order to get the new HD signal and to have it properly display in all of its brilliance, you needed a newly created television that was actually able to receive this new signal. Now, I know it's a little bit of a stretch, but in our passage this morning, Jesus is communicating an important truth to Nicodemus, who is the teacher of Israel, and that the good news of the kingdom of heaven in all its high-definition glory cannot be received by human beings in their current analog state of being. Now, where the analogy breaks down with the televisions is that you actually had to throw away your old TV and go out and buy a completely new one. But what Jesus shows us is that God, what God does is he takes that old you and he, and he recreates you into a new creature who is now able to receive the high fidelity and the, and the beautiful picture of, of the gospel. Jesus calls it a new birth. And this birth is a special work of the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, whom we will be looking at today as the spirit of recreation. Recreation is the Holy Spirit's job. It is his work. In our text, Jesus emphatically states how necessary this recreation of the Holy Spirit is. He says, you must be born again. You, you must Without this new birth, we are lost, and we won't even know it. Without this new birth, we will not even be able to see Christ and his kingdom, let alone go to him and enter his glorious kingdom. Now, I know most people, uh, at least in the Western society, don't like to be told what we lack. To hear Jesus say that unless God comes to you and does a work in you, which you cannot do for yourself, to hear that, well, it offends our minds, does it not? How dare you say there's something wrong with me that I can't even understand unless God does something good for me? Well, that's what Jesus is getting at. So we need to study what he's telling Nicodemus so we can understand the absolute necessity of God recreating us so that we can enter into a relationship what we'll see this morning, hopefully, come to understand, is that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of recreation or rebirth or regeneration. He works upon us and in us so that we become new creations that can now experience God in a saving way. So here's the big point today. The Holy Spirit must recreate us so that we can see and enter Christ's kingdom. Or let me put it another way. All who have received eternal life in Christ's kingdom have experienced this new creation. Or let me put it another way. There is no one in Christ's kingdom who has not been recreated by the Holy Spirit. 
Everyone must be recreated by the spirit of recreation or we are lost. We're going to divide our time under two headings. We're going to look at the necessity of recreation and the nature of recreation. First, let's look at the necessity of being recreated by the Holy Spirit. The big idea here is this, is that unless the Holy Spirit rebirths you into a new person, you will not turn to Christ in a way that saves you. A couple of weeks ago, I got sucked into one of those rehab shows on HGTV. Any of you guys ever do that on a Saturday morning? You should actually be out working on your own home, but here you are watching somebody else fix up someone else's home. Uh, The show that I was watching is called Good Bones. It's a mother-daughter team who buy buy, buy dilapidated homes in downtown Indianapolis, and they perform major renovation projects to fix them up. And it it seems like with every issue, they find some, uh, with every episode, there's some hidden issue, some big thing that threatens the profitability of the whole project, like having to completely redo the entire sewer line out to the street. But they always seem to have what it takes to make the renovation. Except there was this time when they bought this tiny house on a tiny little lot. They purchased it for less than $10,000. I think it was like $6,000. It needed a lot of work. But they were certain that they could renovate it to make a big profit. That is, until after they bought it, they realized the house had been involved in a traffic accident. No, it's not a mobile home. Rather, some giant vehicle, large vehicle, truck, ran off the road and crashed into the home, knocking it off its foundation, destroying the structure so that it was impossible to renovate the home. There wasn't enough flex seal in all of the Midwest to patch up that house. They had to tear it down and rebuild it. Listen, what Jesus is saying is that that a renovation project It isn't good enough for us. We need recreation, regeneration by God's hands, not renovation or reformation by our own hands. See, most of humanity certainly thinks that getting right with God, or however you wish to phrase it, is a renovation project at most, definitely not a rebuild. Now, on the one hand, there are those who profess not to be religious. I'm not very religious, they'll say. But they'll, rec- they'll, they'll, in their minds, there's nothing that needs fixing. The irreligious say, I have no need to change in order to please some god or deity in heaven. They insist they don't need saving. On the other hand, there are those who are religious, moralistic people in this world. Now, the religious person will insist they're living according to the rules, or at least they're working towards achieving them. They're on the right path. They're trying to work things good in their life. Now, what I hope you see is that both the irreligious and the religious reject the notion that they are in need of God to recreate them. The irreligious deny the need for profound change, while the religious say whatever change is needed is really a self-renovation project that I can handle myself. Let me ask you, which of these dynamics do you tend to fall under? Are you more like the irreligious types who confidently dismiss this notion that you fall short of God's standards? Or are you more like the religious types that confidently believe the good works you do are somehow good enough? 
Well, Jesus says that there is a third way, the way of the gospel, the way of Christ and his kingdom. But until the Holy Spirit recreates you, you won't even be able to see or enter the kingdom. You will not see or understand your need unless the spirit of recreation rebirths you. And so in our passage, John tells a man, Nicodemus, who should have known better that a rebirth from above is necessary. Recreation, not reformation, is what a person needs to be right with God. Now, of all the people on the earth, you would think that Nicodemus would not need this new birth. He didn't really need much reformation. He was doing it all pretty well. He was the teacher of Israel, after all. John tells us that he was a Pharisee. Out of the hundreds of thousands of of Israelites living at that time, only roughly 6,000 of them were Pharisees. They were highly devoted followers of the law of Moses. The Pharisees believed rightly that God was going to send his Messiah and that the kingdom of God would manifest itself on earth. What they wrongly believed was that they would be the harbingers and the gatekeepers of God's anointed. Of all the people to see and know the Messiah when he comes, surely it would be the Pharisees, and they would be the ones who hold his coming out party. And so think this through. If you were to run into a run-of-the-mill Israelite back then, that Israelite would point to Nicodemus and say, If anybody's ready for the Messiah to come, it's that guy. Look at how well renovated his life is. But according to Jesus, he was not even close to being ready. In his unregenerate state, Nicodemus is completely incapable of getting Jesus' identity right. Look at how the conversation begins in verse 2. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with them. These words were meant to kind of flatter Jesus. But Jesus isn't flattered because Nicodemus is in the dark, literally and figuratively, with regards to who Jesus really is. So Jesus, who loves Nicodemus, cuts to the chase. He says, not only is your understanding of me woefully malnourished, But you, in your current state, will never see me in the way that you need to see me because you need recreation, not renovation. In verse 3, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, our English word again here is a translation of the Greek word anothen, which can either be translated with the word again or with the words from above. Now, when John uses this word anothen, he typically means from above. It seems though Nicodemus, in hearing that word, seemed to understand it with the word again, because he says, how can you enter again into your mother's womb? I think here both are right. This is a completely new birth, and it comes from above. So here's the gist of Jesus' incredibly challenging statement. Unless God sends his Holy Spirit upon you to give you this new birth, you will not see Jesus for who he really is. You will not understand your need for the cross. It might be for somebody else, but surely not for you. 
And you will not believe in Christ and receive eternal life. And you will miss out on the kingdom of God. Hence Jesus' emphatic statement, you must be born again. This might be challenging for a number of us as you think through all the implications. Perhaps you're here and you're thinking, is this guy saying that unless I'm born again, I cannot make a proper assessment of Jesus and come to faith in him? Well, that's not just what I'm saying. That's what Jesus has said in this passage. And it's what the rest of scripture says as well. Look at it this way. When we read the gospels and we see all these people interact with Jesus, why is it that people do not believe? Did they not have enough face time with Jesus? Was it because there was no miraculous signs being performed? Was it lack of communication on Jesus's part? If Jesus only had a good blog or maybe had a Twitter account. Why is it that people do not believe? People do not believe because they're not born again. They have not become new creations. Jesus wants Nicodemus and us to embrace the necessity of the Holy Spirit's work of recreation. We must be born anew. Otherwise, we will not see the kingdom of heaven, let alone desire it and long to enter it and turn to Christ in faith. God must make us alive with Christ who gives us new life. And all of this work is the work of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of recreation. So that's the necessity of being recreated by the spirit of recreation. Now, for the nature of the Spirit's recreation. In other words, what is it that the Holy Spirit does in recreating us? Well, the first truth that we should look at and understand is this. The Holy Spirit is sovereign over whom he works upon. In other words, God decides who receives this new birth. Just as we cannot birth ourselves, Physically, neither can we rebirth ourselves spiritually. And that's what Jesus is getting at in verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Now, check this out. I have a friend of mine, friends of mine. They have um, four adult daughters, and two of them are identical twins. One is, one has a, a vibrant Christian faith, and the other, at least for now, has rejected Christ. How do we account for this? Same family, same Christian upbringing. Jesus teaches us that the Holy Spirit blows upon whom God wills. You know, it's usually windy out here on the east end of Long Island, isn't it, right? Uh, but this past Friday was especially windy, gale force, uh, you know, warnings, things like that. And as I was working on this message, I was looking out my window into my yard, and I saw a few dozen dried-up leaves on my lawn. Yes, I'll get to them tomorrow on my day off. Well, the wind, I could see uh, the wind was having its effect out there. And I noticed that, it, that it, as it whirled around, wherever it wished to go, some of the leaves were moved, and some remained still. In a similar way, we humans walk on this earth, and the Holy Spirit blows upon some people, but not others. Those whom he does not blow upon know nothing of what they are missing. I just have to look back to my life before Christ when I became a Christian age 29. I was lost, and I didn't even know it. Clueless. You People told me countless times, Mark, 
listen, this is the gospel. And it went in one ear and out the other. Those who do not have the Spirit do not even know what they are missing. While those upon whom this new birth is given, well, what happens to us? We come alive and we begin looking for what is missing, which is, of course, Christ in our lives. And because this is God's work in us, we come to find Christ and then enter his kingdom. I know this is hard for many people to swallow, including some Christians. They push back on this sovereignty of God over who is chosen and and who isn't. But confusion is normal, right? Even Nicodemus replied, how can these things be? And later in John chapter 6, Jesus is speaking to a crowd, and they're grumbling at his very words. So Jesus replied with these words. He said, Jesus answered them, do not grumble amongst yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. Though they are hard to grasp, we must agree with Jesus' words. No one comes to Jesus the Son unless God the Father purposes their salvation. And then at the right time, the spirit of recreation comes upon the person and draws them to Christ. But also, know this. The Holy Spirit does not coerce you against your will. No, because you are now a new creature, new creation with a new nature. You actually long for Christ and you freely come to him. The second work of the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit recreates your inner person. Did you notice that when Jesus told Nicodemus that he must be born again, that Nicodemus scratched his head and he was wondering how he could return inside of his mother's womb for a second time and be birthed? Nicodemus was focused on the physical plane. So Jesus informed him in verse 5 of the spiritual reality. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Jesus is saying that Nicodemus should have known better. You know, do not marvel that you must be born again spiritually. And in verse 10, Jesus softly rebukes Nicodemus by saying, Nick, 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 are you the teacher? <laughs> are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? He was the teacher, the top, the top of the line. Like he, he taught all the grad students. Today we read when Jesus says, unless one is born of water and spirit, we scratch our, our heads. What is he talking about? But the teacher of Israel should have known what Jesus was talking about. Jesus is just pointing back in time to Scripture. All you need to do is go back to Ezekiel chapter 36 to see what God said to that stubborn, rebellious people. He had shown them so much mercy and grace, and now they're off in exile being punished. But here's God's promise of recreation. He promises, he says, he says I will sprinkle clean water on you. And you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols. I will cleanse you. Listen, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. 
I will remove your heart of stone, that cold, stony heart that everyone's born with, and I will give you a heart of flesh that can beat. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my good statutes and be careful to obey my rules. In this passage, God promises a new birth, a work of the Holy Spirit, in which God graciously cleanses his people from all of their uncleanliness, as well as give them a new heart, a heavenly heart, <laughs> one of flesh, not of cold stone. Jesus said to Nicodemus, of all people, you should know this need of a new heart and God's spirit within. That, that heart that we're all born with, the one that beats nonstop for me and my glory and you and your glory, that heart, my friends, cannot be renovated. Don't go try and putting stents in there or getting the calcified whatever's in your aorta carved out. You need a new heart. Our stony hearts will never be made to beat with delight for God. They must be taken out and discarded. We need God in his grace to cleanse us and give us a new heart so that God can come inside us and dwell in us. Jesus says that that is what God does. This is God at work to graciously make people new creations. Paul wrote, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has what? passed away, behold, the new has come. So the nature of the Holy Spirit work is that he recreates the heart, the inner person. <coughs> Excuse me, a little frog in my throat. The third part we need to understand concerning the nature of this work of the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit works upon us and in us to illuminate the word of God, so that we receive it and live. In other words, not only does God give us new hearts, he gives us new minds. Without this new birth, no one will understand the words of God and receive them in a saving way. That is what Jesus is getting at in verses 10 through 12. Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we've seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I've told you earthly things and you do not believe, how on earth, okay, I added that myself, can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? There's something about heavenly things that cannot be received with an earthly mind. It needs a newly created mind, a renewed mind. How can you how can you believe? In the passage I just quoted a little bit earlier uh, from John chapter 6, Jesus stated, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is of no help at all. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. My friends, the, the very words of Christ given to us in our holy scriptures, they are life because they give us life in Christ. Our flesh, that is our old sinful nature before our new birth, our flesh cannot make sense of the words of God in a saving way. 
It is the Spirit of God by his illumination of our renewed minds that the Word of God gives us life. In other words, without the renewing of our minds by the Spirit of recreation, we might appreciate things that the Bible says, but we will never be saved by them. Now, this is really helpful in our understanding of evangelism. Currently, we have over 40 people in our Christianity Explored class. Amazing, right? During this COVID age, uh, it's beautiful. And a good number of them are not followers of Christ. Now, one of the reasons why we chose this specific program, Christianity Explored, is that it gets people into Scripture. They read Scripture. Over seven weeks of this course, the participants will have read through the entire Gospel of Mark. Now, we do not know upon whom the Spirit of God will blow. He may blow, he may not blow on any of them. But we do what we can control. We can't give them the Spirit of God, but we can give them the Word of God. So people read the Word of God while trying to answer three questions. Who is Jesus? Why did he come? And what does it mean? What does it look like to follow him? And every time we host Christianity Explored, the spirit of recreation moves in people. He doesn't have to. I mean, there's no guarantee that he, this time he will. But we do believe that God the Father desires to draw people to Christ. And that if we get people into the scriptures, then everything is in place, at least from our part, for people to be recreated by the spirit and come to faith in Christ. All the Spirit needs to do if he decides is to blow new life into spiritually dead people. So the Spirit of recreation renews minds and illuminates the saving words of Christ. Without this work, neither Nicodemus nor we would be able to make sense of the word of God. The Holy Spirit causes us to be born again through the illumination of the word of God so that we can see it and we can understand it and and receive it and look to Christ and find life in him now some of you may be thinking I'm not a believer and based on what you said I, I, how can I even know if I will ever be born again if I cannot do it myself it's all out of my hands right well yes and no notice what Jesus does with Nicodemus he doesn't say, well, you obviously don't have the Holy Spirit, Nick, so come back when you do. No, Jesus doesn't preach, get the Spirit. He preaches, get me. In verses 13 to 15, Jesus preaches the gospel from the Old Testament. Let me read it again. And remember this, that the phrase, the Son of Man, was Jesus' title for himself. Jesus says, no one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. Jesus is talking about himself coming down from heaven. And then he says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Jesus says to Nicodemus, he says, remember Moses? Of course you do. Remember, remember in the book of Numbers, remember how, how God had heard the prayers of his people who were in captivity in Egypt and how he, with great love and an outstretched arm, redeemed them and carried them through the wilderness and provided for all of their needs. 
But remember how they balked and they rebelled against God? So that a plague came upon them. Snakes, serpents, killed many Israelites. Remember what God graciously had Moses do? You guys remember it, don't you? Moses crafted a snake out of bronze and he put it on a pole and he lifted it up high so that everyone who, was, who had been bitten could look to this, 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 um, this creation of God uh, and this gracious work and be saved, to, be, um, to overcome the illness. So Jesus is telling Nicodemus and us that he's the one who's greater than Moses. He's saying, I'm the divine son of man who came down from heaven, who will be lifted up on the cross. All who look to me on the cross and believe will have eternal life. Understand what's going on there. Jesus did for Nicodemus what the Holy Spirit does for us. He points us to Christ. And so if you're here today and you feel as if perhaps you're missing something, well, don't go looking for the Spirit. Instead, look to Christ and hear his words to you when he says, come to me and experience eternal life. Turn to Christ now and have your sins forgiven and be welcomed into his kingdom. If you do that, you can know that the spirit of recreation has come upon you. And now rejoice that your name has been written in God's book of life from before time began. Let's pray. Father, our minds are baffled by who you are, how you operate. We, we know that we can see you as we look towards your son. We see your mercy and your grace. We also hear his words, and they are a challenge to us. Help us to be encouraged that you are the one who have come after us. You are the one who has drawn us to your son. This gives us great joy and happiness, and comfort, and perseverance. Father, we pray now that you would keep us steadfast through this work of this recreation. Allow us to glory more and more in our Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.